Welcome to the USA Hockey Magazine podcast, the voice of hockey in America, with your host, Harry Thompson, editor of USA Hockey Magazine. All right, so we're back at the uh, National Hockey Coaches Symposium, and we're talking with Barry Smith, who is in charge of player development with the Chicago Blackhawks. Barry, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I always enjoy having a chance to work with USA Hockey. Well, that was actually going to be my first question. Is is I know that we've we've talked in the past, and you have been to other uh, of these coaches symposiums. Um, why do you do it? Well, first of all, if we can give back to the coaches who can help the kids, we're helping we're helping hockey. And if if we don't do it, who is going to do it? I mean, so my feeling is when I was a younger coach, people helped me and, and gave me some thought process or get you to think outside the box or give you some pointers, and it helps. So I mean, the biggest thing is. There's no ego in improving kids. There's, there's nothing to hide, you know? Like, we have to get the best technology out there. We have to improve our side of the ocean as best we can because otherwise other areas are, are going past us. And it's, it's a race, you know? It is. There's competition of, of who can build the better players and who can build the faster. And I think we have to improve some things we're doing. That's why I spoke today. And, and coming here and, and just show me your thoughts about these, these coaches who are who are here and, and you know they're, they're giving up their time and they're spending a, a decent amount of, uh, of, of resources to be here, uh, just their dedication to the sport. How, 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 uh, how do, what do you think about that? Well, I think anybody who is a volunteer coach um, really has a love for the game because it's not easy to be a volunteer coach. You've got headaches, you have, you're you know, a father figure, you're a coach, you're a role model, you're a disciplinarian, you have to fight with the parents, you have to worry about ice time, you have to worry about Johnny's playing with the wrong, you know, there's a tremendous amount of hassle for no money. I mean, the pros do it because we get paid, so there's a differential. So I have a lot of respect for those guys working in the field. And, you know, it's if, if we can help them in the field, they're going to have a better product and we have a better player to work with because... We, we don't work with a player at 12 years old. They are. You know, we get them at 18, 19, 20. Well, I thought that was a very interesting point. You One of the things you, you wrapped up your presentation today talking about that is is that you get these kids at 18, and it's and, and you're, you're really looking to the youth hockey coach to kind of provide the fundamentals that then you can then work with and build off. Right. And if they don't have the fundamentals, sometimes it's too late. They can't change. And, and another point I thought, that I made some notes about some of the, the great things that you were talking about is, as you said, you want athletes. You want somebody who's played soccer, who's played lacrosse. Can you kind of, uh, to the people who are going to be listening to this, explain why it's good to be a well-rounded athlete? Well, there's game sense, ball sense. There's a sense of how you, you win that competition. You know, um, go out and play kick the can. Do you want to hide the furthest place away and not get to the can at all? Or you want to? Everything has a little game inside a game. So... The more things we can play, the more athletic you are. We don't want to just have a super hockey player robot. I'd rather have somebody who can do other things, have more agility, have more continuity, have a thought process of, well, I know soccer, we overlap. You know, we, we change the point of attack. You know, we, we use angles when we play. It helps tremendously. Basketball, you know, how do I assist? My guy got beat. How do I pick up the next player? Do I just watch my guy play one-on-one or do I watch the ball and the man? There's small details that work for all sports. Absolutely. And another point I thought was great, you, you were talking and speaking directly to these coaches to, to create drills and practices that replicate the game so that, so that, it, so that when they get into a game, they're, they're able to succeed. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, like, you know, sometimes we watch NHL teams practice and it's almost a passive um, 
well, to, just to rest, almost a passive rest to get the game out of your system. And, and they have the ability to play five on five and pass around skates and through holes and, and whatever without getting the puck stolen. Our younger guys don't. They don't have that 100,000 hours of practice. That So give them things to pass around. Let them recognize there's a movement here. It moves this way, so I have to pass there. Because if you just wait for the game to do it, it's too late. They're not going to succeed. And then you have no confidence and the game isn't being played well. It's a shinny game of bouncing everywhere. Let's maintain possession. Let's learn how to pass. Let's do it in practice. If I can do one versus two in practice, I sure as hell can do one versus one. Right. You know, I'm not, I'm not as scared. That's all you got is just one of you and there's not a second guy coming. Well, you were, you were mentioning that that you'll see you'll see people do drills where it's like five on zero or three on one or whatever, and those just aren't real realistic situations. When, when do you have a five on zero in a game? <laughs> I haven't seen one yet. Right. Okay. So by not having opponents on the ice, anybody should be able to pass five on zero and go up and down the ice. If you can't, then you better slow down and, and work on your passing skills because you're going to have to go through opposition. You're going to be pressed. Your opponent's not going to be, or your player it's not going to be open for a certain moment. You have to know how you lead a player. There's all kinds of details to that. Speaking of slowing down, I thought that was another good, great point that you made about about going slow and, and getting it and building those fundamentals and really doing it right before you then start. I think you used the phrase going at Mach four. Yeah, yeah. Because we want to play at a speed that they can't play. They can't think it. They can't make a play at that speed. So why go at that speed? What, what, is, what do you accomplish? Right. No question. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the other... It's, another, like, it's like your football, and, 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 and the guy runs so fast you can't give him the ball. <laughs> okay, that's nice. I got the ball here, but I'm supposed to give it to you, and, you know, I get tackled behind the line. Right. Right. Well, you also, during, during the course of your, your long careers, you, you've also coached uh, over in, in Russia and, in, in, and have obviously extensive experience coaching with, uh, with European players. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between uh, the mentality in Europe of, of, a, of a European hockey player and a, and a North American hockey player? Um, there's a difference in coaches, how they work with the players. There's a difference in camaraderie inside the locker room. There's a difference in financing. You know what I'm saying? There's a difference in how much money you're going to make if you do this or do that. Um, I guess in North America, there's a real push to be above everybody else because that guy is picked. I think in Europe, they're, they're inside the group a little bit more. They're not trying to push other guys down or get succeed. So that competition is not quite the same. Coaches are more at ease and a little bit more of a friendship type thing than a professional coach on this side of the ocean. So it's a little difference. Wow, wow. that's that's interesting. Well, you were, I, you were mentioning that uh, just from a sound standpoint, you, you you go over to Europe and and you drop a bucket of pucks and you'll hear the players will all be working on their, yeah. their stick handling, and then over here you're hearing boom and you know guys cranking it off the boards or you know slap shots and stuff right. like that. Right. That was interesting. Um, I just wanted to uh, just to kind of wrap it up is I think when people talk think about the NHL they think well these are the best players in the world and obviously they are but why I mean you still they're never done working on their skills and and can you just talk a little bit about that mindset and how they're always driven to to continue to get better well the competition you know the 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 reason why they're great is because they compete the reason why they're great is because they have egos to be great the reason why they're great is because they have the motor skills and the you know the ability the 
to the physicality and the mentality to be great. So they've sort of pushed themselves. They have the ability to watch somebody and say, I'll try that move, you know? And they can do that move without somebody, you know, they just watch it and they have that ability to mimic almost anything. Wow. So. And speaking of great, I mean, my last question is, is uh, you've been with the Blackhawks for six years, so obviously you've had the uh, good fortune of working with uh, one of the greatest players in the world, American Patrick Kane. Can you just talk a little bit about how Patrick's, how far he's come, and obviously this past year was was uh, most valuable player, leading scorer in the league. Uh, just how far he's come in the time that you've worked with him. Well, I don't really work with him. It's, it's Joel's team, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I, I might make some comments to him periodically or have a chance to observe him or, or utilize some of his film clips to teach others, you know, as, as a mentor, really. But, um, you know, he's a gifted athlete who has made himself probably as strong as you can make somebody with his stature and his size and his weight without becoming you know, overly burdened. He's improved his speed and his playmaking ability, his smartness has always been there, but now it's been fine-tuned. And I think with confidence of scoring, a lot of things happen. You, you know, things go in sometimes you don't expect because you just, you just have that. It's almost like a, it's around you, like a, some type of aurora. Wow, that's that's it. Must be fun to be able to watch him uh, night in or night out, or as, as often as you can with mm -hmm. with your other duties. Oh, for sure. I mean, him and watch the line, how they play, and, and, and what's going on. Yeah, it's really special. That's great. Well, obviously, you're working with one of the uh, the best teams in the in the National Hockey well, League. Well, we'll keep staying there. Otherwise, I'll be looking for a job too. So. <laughs> well, great. Well, Barry, thanks so much All for right. joining appreciate us. It. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, You've been listening to another USA Hockey Magazine podcast. Produced by Norman Hayward and Mark Burns. Be sure to follow us at usahockeymagazine.com as well as on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for listening.